0: Welcome to Dish the Dirt, a light-hearted and fun podcast about Australian flower growers, their stories, knowledge, and insights into the industry. I'm your host Rebecca, and each week I speak to a different farmer and get them to dish the dirt. Dish the Dirt acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live, and recognise their continuing connection to land, water, and community. We pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of season 4 of Dish the Dirt. It is wonderful to be with you. This is our final episode for this season. There may be a couple of bonus episodes coming in the following weeks, but I just need to take a little break, regroup, get some more recordings done and then I will be back with a bang with season 5. You haven't got rid of me yet, so I am going to be out there chatting to farmers, and hopefully soon we'll be doing a lot more farm tours. But anyway, I digress. This week, it's all about Meg from Mombell Flowers and Wholesale. I have to apologize now because there are parts of the recording where you can hear my children absolutely screaming in the background. I don't know what was going on, but I did record this during the day, which sometimes I'd normally record at night and yeah, they, you'll hear what, anyway, I apologize. And there's a few beeps and things because Meg was recording on the farm, so Anyway, it's all, this podcast is just about life and that's life. So I apologize, but you know, whatever. Um, anyway, today, like I said, is all about Meg from Mombale Flowers and Wholesale and it was so wonderful to sit down and finally chat and hear their story. So they are on a fully renovated cherry farm, which is situated on a golden road of flower growing Mombolk Seville Road. 17 acres, boasting an amazing view of the Yarra Valley. Their claim to fame is Farmer Joe. His growing highlights being hydrangea paniculata, ornamental blossoms, autumnal maples, Daphne, and his really yummy cherries. Meg's interests are being neat and then lots of foliage, ninebark, agonis, and geraniums list high on her list. They have failed with many of their farm choices, but they hope that they are finally heading in the right direction, Weather is their biggest challenge, especially the wind. Their farm is not chemical free, but they do everything they can to limit them. They mulch a lot for low weed activity and definitely focus on the weeds, along with an addiction to grass mowing which helps keep bugs low as they have nowhere to be they do not use sleeves but they do use rubber bands and have installed tanks and cleaned out their big dam they rarely use their bore but have a big water license uh meg says she may have failed to mention in the chat that her customers are her total set my alarm and fill our truck inspo but Egolo Farm is my farmer inspo. I hope I've pronounced that right. It is spelled E U G A L O. As for the wholesale side of things, they are located in the Melbourne Flower Market in Epping. They focus on foliage and try to have a seasonal blooms available always. They are so proud and grateful that they are chosen by some really great local farmers and a couple of New South Wales ones to sell their product. They are just a little part of the industry, but they love it big time and cannot wait to meet all the people at Industry Day. They are really looking forward to it. Monvale is way more than me. This is Meg's words. These thoughts are all from her perspective. Farmer Joe is way more laid back, so his podcast would have been way more full of humor And she does have a little motto that has served her okay through time. The only competition you have is you. She says, I am not competitive with other businesses. I kind of never worry about what they are doing. I just set my own standards and quickly move on to new things if someone copies. Thank you so much to Meg and Farmer Joe for everything that you have done for this podcast and also for taking the time out yesterday to have a chat with me. Let's get into it. Let's start off. How did you start out on Vale?
1: Okay, so Vale was not me at first. It wasn't mm. even Joe at first. Joe okay. bought it off a man who began it. Um, he'd been owner operator for thirty odd years, and he was retiring. Yeah. So Joe purchased it. I had a job that I really liked in wholesale flowers. So I had no intention of being part of Mumbale. It was Joe's thing. Um, mm. And one thing led to another with that job and I finished there. I had jury duty coming up so I just didn't go for another job and hung out with Joe and started just being me, I guess, and bossy and changing things and fixing things. <laughs> and I kind of never let yeah yeah Also. Awesome. <laughs> it definitely wasn't an on-purpose thing because it's a challenging thing to work and live together yeah um yeah so it wasn't an on-purpose thing and that was uh, i'm gonna say this is our well this is joe's 17th year but it might only be my 15th year yeah in Monville, so did you have any like growing experience before you got onto the farm Okay, so no, so we just did the wholesale until what year did we come to the farm? I think the start of two thousand and fourteen. So okay. we've been here for six, seven years. So we we're totally wholesale. Yeah, which was the business that we wholesale
0: and, and came, came here because
1: we needed somewhere to operate from with the market moving to Epping and hmm. where we were operating out of the man we didn't have a lease yeah and we felt like he was sort of moving us on, so we were just hunting around for somewhere to lease and mm. I don't know i I say it to everyone, I seriously think we had too many glasses of red wine <laughs> and put in an offer, and it got accepted because yeah. neither of us knew anything about anything, and we ended up <laughs> buying seventeen acre farm, like with so much work to do on it that what you know what we didn't set out to do that so and there wasn't even a shed here for us to operate out of so it was kind of really just a bizarre decision
0: (laughs) yeah yeah what was on the
1: farm when you got there so it was a cherry farm um it over the years it had been a carrot farm um Lots of lemon trees, as everyone knows, because we are always giving lemons away. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly the couple that we bought it off were 90. So they hadn't been working it for, uh, you know, a good five, I'm going to say five, ten years. They hadn't been working it. So it was very out of shape, very yeah. out of shape. And slowly, you know, that obviously pulled out a lot of things. But, um yeah. It was. I mean, the house is a great house, but just very outdated. And the farm was just in need. Like we didn't even know there was a few sheds there that were that covered in blackberries. And I think Joe's cousin came for a visit about six weeks after we moved in. He's like, "Did you know you got some sheds over there?" And we're like, "No." Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah, it was in it was in pretty bad nick, but. Um, Amazing what an excavator does for about, oh, I think there was one planted here permanently for six or 12 months. Yeah, yeah. And um, off we're going. So we had no plans to be farmers. We moved here to operate a wholesale business and sort of thought we'd, you know, obviously there's some things as a wholesale business you don't have enough of. So, oh, yeah, we'll plant some of those and we'll plant some of those. Um, But no, absolutely no desire to be our wholesale business, uh, we didn't want to be the supplier of our business because our business kept us really busy. So, um, yeah. yeah, like I said, it wasn't a really well thought out decision. It was just something that happened on a Saturday night, Back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what did you plant to start off with? So when you decided, oh, let's give it a go and you got the excavator in, why Why did you plant
1: what you planted? Um, so at first what we planted was just uh, certain things that we knew that we never could get enough supply of. Yeah. So because our uh, Mont is all about foliage, like it's always been all about foliage mm. and it has seasonal flowers. So anything that has a season that comes in and flowers for its season and goes We always try to have one or two of those things. Um, So we just sort of figured that we would just add to that. So like Snowball, like we grow a lot of Snowball. We could never get enough Snowball because all the farmers would all pick, 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 bang, bang, bang. And it's over and done within like three to five markets. Yeah. So we decided to, if we planted some, we could extend our selling season of it. Yeah. Um, And just, yeah, just some things that we could just never get enough of. But we had, yeah, like I said, we had no intention of being growers. So it was literally like we'd go somewhere and see 20 of something and we go, oh, we'll just buy 10 or 20 of that, you know, and just pop that in. Yeah. But it was a farm full of cherry trees, so it did take us a few years to empty them, you know, to empty the farm as well. So it was was never going to be a fast... Process. Yeah. And then um, it just sort of evolved because during that time we had a few farmers that we lost the supply of. Yeah. Um, for, you know, varying reasons. We had a couple pass away, you know, someone retired, um, and a few others didn't want to sell to us anymore. Um, yeah. So it's sort of just slowly. Oh well, we'll plant some more. Oh well, we'll plant some more. Oh well, we'll plant some more. And before we know it, we've gone from planning on being ten percent of our supply. I think now we're fifty percent of our supply. Yeah. Awesome. So it's a lot. It's a it's a very ongoing. Sorry about that noise. That's it's all right. a very um a very unplanned, evolving thing that happens here we just um we just go with the flow of it really (laughs) yeah
0: so did you end up keeping any cherry trees or to sell like the foliage on those or you just got rid of them all
1: so the cherry, no we've kept a lot every year it's very hard joe's italian it's very Mm. hard to get an italian to knock over a cherry tree (laughs) right it's really difficult so yeah. when we first moved here oh great we've got like I don't know how many there was like I'm talking I don't know a couple of thousand cherry trees Well, yeah like no small amount we're on 17 acres and I'm gonna say I don't know like four acres of it was filled with cherry trees yeah Lots of different varieties, all those sort of things. But they hadn't been pruned for a while. They weren't Mm. really in fabulous shape. Yeah. And what are we going to do with that many cherries? Like, seriously, what are we going to do with them? We sell foliage. Yeah. And cherries come when it's busy. So, but, yeah, the um, Italians in my life were like, ah, no, we'll trim them down. We'll get them in good shape. We'll this, we'll that. So, each year I manage to talk them out of knocking more over and then I yeah. get more, more space for more lovely foliage. <laughs> but no. it just takes a season. Like one season it hailed on all of them. So it's like, oh, yeah, this is no good. We'll rip something. Yeah. The yeah, next yeah. year, I don't know, I think it just rained too much. The next year it was the, the birds got them. So I do have things on my side that each year something helps me yes. convince them. So now I'm going to say we've got, oh, I don't know, I guess we've still got a decent 300 trees. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, the blossom isn't really any much chop on it because. Oh,
0: is it not? Okay. So it's beautiful be really to look
1: good. at. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Dan. Yeah. <It's> beautiful <laughs> to look at on the branches. Yeah. Um, but. It's uh, it's really thick, so it's a bit hard to use in floristry terms. Yeah. Okay. And we've tried everything. We've tried cutting the trees back. So obviously different varieties of cherries flower differently. And so a lot yeah. of the varieties we have just don't produce a nice stem for flower use. It would mm. be okay for an event if you got it on the day and used it. Yeah. Um. But as far as the ordinary everyday floristry goes, it's not like any of the ornamental blossoms that we pick and sell and that we know will last in someone's house for, you know, yeah. a good ten days or so.
0: Yeah, yeah. So So yeah.
1: There's another thing against the cherry trees. You yeah. see, there's lots yeah, of things of that are against the cherry trees. <laughs> yeah, including me at the top of the list. So, <laughs> but they uh, are yummy. They are yeah, yummy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: And you're like, there's plenty of cherry farms around, you know, up where you are. So yeah, you can always get them down the road. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so you planted snowball viburnum and things like that to start off with because you wanted more of those. But tell me, what have you got in the ground now?
1: Okay. So in the ground we have probably half, 50% of what we've planted would be foliages. Lots of things like wattles, petostrums, uh, leptospurnums, uh, Grow well. We did grow a lot of silver suede, dusty miller, but I've kind of mucked that up. But that's another story. Uh, <laughs> so we did grow a bit of that. Um, we just planted a few varieties of gums, like not a massive amount. Yeah. Um, then we've got we've put some Grevilleas in this year. Uh, what else have we got? Back some escalonia, olives. Nice. A lot of viburnum, like tarnus viburnum that we pick for the buddiness. Yeah. Um, Let me think what else. That probably is like the majority of things. And then after that we go to like real seasonal things. So um, one thing that we have a fair patch of is snowberry. Yeah. Which we were gifted a lot of plants from a previous supplier um, whose name was Clive and he was the original Snowberry Man. Yeah. And when Clive passed away or got sick and eventually passed away, we helped his wife as much as we could sort of keep the farm going. So we didn't yeah. have our farm then and we just tried to help her by still picking everything. Mm. So when she sold, she gave us a lot of snowberry pots. Oh, awesome. But we just lived in suburbia then, so Yeah, but I felt really too bad to give them away so these things just uh traveled with us like yeah they just were a pest really right yeah (laughs) there was probably like a thousand of them oh my god (laughs) and it was a pain in the butt to water them all the time and like where were we going to put them you know we lived in this little concrete jungle in Boronia yeah yeah it was one of those those things that you just don't sell them or give them away because someone's given them to you for the reason that she did, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so, of course, when we moved here, oh, great, we've got somewhere to plant all the snowberries. (laughs) So, so yeah, we have a big snowberry patch. We have uh, nine bar.
0: Yeah, um, beautiful.
1: Which was something that I had to talk joined to buying because no one really did it and i Mm -hmm. i don't know i i don't know where i saw it but i'd always loved it and so that was actually the first thing that i bought (laughs) over 50 of yeah um and yeah i love it and bought more afterwards yeah i love that it's got three different stages you can pick it at yeah and then we've got a few things like Agonis, which are very, you have to be very patient for those things. Um, what else do we have, Beck? I don't, you've been here, you see. We just have yeah, so, so many, many different, different, different things. things.
0: Yeah.
1: So what I wanted it to be like was Joe thinks I did it to frustrate him, which is just <laughs> not true just not true (laughs) but it's very oh a lot of autumn foliage we have that's what else we have yeah what I wanted it to be like my my dream is past flower farming I wanted it to be that when someone came here it was like walking in a massive big garden yeah it does feel like that I wanted it to be I hope one day that it would be a really good thing for uh kids like special school kids mm. and young, like younger school kids to come and run around a pretty place, but also see what a farm's like at the same time. Yeah. That makes sense. So I've always wanted it to just be really inviting. Yeah. And so that's why Joe thinks I do it frustrating because I make sure everything's neat and I'm just, yeah, it's just my brain though it's a neat freak. It's beautiful though,
0: and that's like one thing I'm excited about people coming out to the industry day when we can hold it to see just, you know, how you organize all your plants and it's it is inviting, it's beautiful. And I feel like you can come to your place and it changes within a week, so quickly. Like something will be flowering and then the next time you come something else is out and it just goes so fast it does right it does yeah. it
1: does it to me and i'm here every day if i don't drive to one part of the farm um and i go back there say five days later i'll go oh my god look at that you know that's just changed and you know yes. like yesterday I, we wanted to pick crabapple blossom for thursday market and i mean it was raining but it wasn't it wasn't quite ready yeah well, today it's ready oh of course (laughs) (laughs) exactly but you can't you just like i do not yeah it's just a i guess because we've got so many mixed things that you literally can just wait 48 hours and then we just something else like sometimes i think oh my god what are we going to pick this week um oh i'll be sitting there writing the list writing the list um there's nothing to pick but by the end of the weekend oh yeah i can pick that yeah So but but just remember beck like i said at start None of this is a plan. This is all just something that's just all evolved. Yeah. And we have ripped a lot of things out that we planted that went no good. Like yeah. Like a lot of things are the second planting in those places. Yeah. Um, we planted things in the wrong spot. Oh, God, we we really have only just started getting things right. Like we've made that many mistakes, like total dodos, you know, I struggle to call myself a farmer because I don't have any training. I don't have any knowledge. And a lot of the things that we've learnt are literally from mistakes. Mm. And a lot of the things that we do are because I've I've always been, I've always loved the garden, always. And my favourite job ever was in a nursery florist because I used to be a florist. Yeah. And I love plants and stuff. But when you try to farm it as next level, like I'm sure any real big-scale farmers that come here look at some of the stuff we do and just think, oh, my God, those two, seriously. <laughs> oh, what the hell? <laughs> But <laughs> especially, the, you know, how ridiculous, how much time I I sort of probably have a spend on keeping things neat because it doesn't make you any money, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So,
0: (laughs) So when you, this is one thing people always ask me about foliage is, you know, when you get like smoke bush or when you get your blossom and things like that, are you cutting the whole tree back like every year or do you have some that you cut from and you
1: leave some? No. So most things, most things we cut back down to, yeah, you cut everything off. Yeah, there's certain things that if you cut it all, you won't be able to cut it the next year because you'll need to give it the second year's growth to have the length and okay. so forth. Like some things you can cut back too hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, but a majority of things we cut back down. Yeah, you you cut you cut as much as you can off it, and that's what gives you, yeah, nice straight. New growth for the next season. Yeah. And I will say that I struggled with that theory yeah. for a long time. Oh, but you can't, what if you cut it back too hard? You know, I'd be like, don't cut that, Joe. Don't, you know, I'd be like this little <laughs> freaker in the background, always going, telling him not to do something. And he'd just like look at me like, will you shut up and let me do it? <laughs> so he got, the, he got smart and started doing things when I wasn't around. Oh, was just <laughs> cut this for market. And he'd just walk into the shed with it. And i go, oh, where'd you get that from? How'd you get that much? Oh, I cut so-and-so, you know. And, but it is really good for a lot of things to just cut them really hard. Yeah. Okay. Even the cherry trees, cut them really hard. Someone's yeah. told us, you're not cutting enough of them. And I'm like, we cut half the tree off. Yeah. you have got to cut things back. And it's yeah. so true. It's really true. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. It's amazing when you look at how much something grows in a year totally amazing because I've watched you cut your snowball (laughs) before
0: and you've been like you can cut it I'm like no way (laughs) am I cutting that I've got no idea
1: what I'm doing um but I've watched you cut it and you do cut it back like you Mm. know yeah but I learned that Bec I made the mistake for I think maybe a season or two and I didn't do that thinking that maybe next year we wouldn't have anything if I did. Yeah. And then I soon learned pretty quickly by doing one a certain way or doing 10 a certain way, 10 another way that, oh, okay. So I really should do that. Um, i probably, I, I don't, maybe we never asked people anything. Um, there's one guy we used to buy off who was really helpful to us, uh, Chris he's got uh, he grows a lot of foliage we used to buy foliage off him and he was very helpful and always open to telling us what we should or shouldn't do with things even if it was something that he had yeah we found a lot of other people were rather like apprehensive to share their secrets to us I don't know why (laughs) but I'm a bit the opposite I'll tell anyone anything you know I have heaps of people contact me and say ask me questions I'm more than happy to tell anyone anything yeah um the other thing is maybe I didn't listen maybe people did tell me back and I didn't listen because it just seemed wrong to cut all that off something you know yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. I've had somebody on Instagram also ask about your snowball and yes because it's so amazing they want to know do you have it in full sun or is it part shade yeah Uh, how do you have it keep it so lovely
1: yeah right so um We've got it planted in about three or four different places. Uh, definitely, full sun is no worries at all. Yeah, um, we've got some in the shade as well, like in a shadier spot. I shouldn't. Yeah, no, it's probably it's probably what I call a very protected, shady sort of spot, and it just flowers differently. Um, it flowers later,
0: mm.
1: and um, I definitely I think that you can get them going in either of those kind of spots but you will want a decent amount of sun to be able to get good growth and flowers in it and the key is definitely just cutting them at first I I could I should and I will I'll put up a post on our Instagram of one plant at the house that I've never trimmed okay And it is ridiculous. Like it's the same age and it is like about a tenth of the size of the rows of the ones that we cut and sell. Oh, wow. It's like mini and it's all spindly and it's just not nice. It's not an attractive bush because I've never trimmed it. Every year I go, oh, I must get out into that part of the garden and trim it and every year I don't. (laughs)
0: Yeah, because you've got...
1: (laughs) 17 other acres to worry about <laughs> no I'm just greedy I just want to look at the snowballs out the window until they're finished yeah and then yeah. I get busy like yeah and yeah I'm, I'm a bit greedy with my garden I don't treat it as kind as the farm because I like to look at it for the longest possible time yeah so whereas the farm it's like once it's at its prime it's off you know yeah it's in a bucket yeah. and it's gone yeah. So it just gets the royal treatment, the farm, is how I probably say it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what do you love? This is another question. What do you love the most about growing flowers now that you're in it or foliage mm. and what would be your favourite thing to grow?
1: Okay. So what I like about it the most is having the control of picking something when it's at its premium mm. and this isn't a criticism what i'm about to say I'm um, this this is not a criticism of other farmers because i understand it um just a little bit like that crab apple story before mm. if you miss it by two days it's too late but with a lot of the supply we get you know you buy a hundred of something and maybe 20 or 30 of it isn't as nice as what it could be or should be because it needed to wait an extra two days to be picked or it should have been picked two days ago yeah the ability that we have is to well cherry pick i guess you know we we have total control over what it is that we put into the buckets to take to market and Mm. we cherry pick it if we have to go back to the snowball row four times in two days to pick it we do We don't just go through and just smash out 50 plants to go to market tonight. But like like I said, it's not a criticism because I understand time, efficiency and just all those kind of things to be able to do it Mm. on a bigger scale than what we are. Like we're not a massive scale so it's kind of something that we can do. Mm. But that's probably my favourite thing, just being able to pick the stem of blossom when it's ready Pick the snowball when it's ready, even pick the foliages when they look like at their best, yeah um, my favorite thing to grow I think it has to be nine bark, yeah, I think it has to be because I just love that it's a beautiful foliage, then it has a lovely little bud which bursts into a beautiful flower, which changes to a beautiful seed pod, like. Yeah. I mean, what's, I don't know, it's just beautiful. Snowball is great too and I love snowball foliage as much as the snowballs. Yeah. Um, the worst thing to grow is snowberry. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> That's the worst thing to grow. I'm glad that you got stuck with a thousand plants of them then. Absolutely. Why is it so hard?
1: <laughs> it's really time-consuming to pick. Okay. It's really... Yeah, and you've got to trim your whole hedge back every year, and it doesn't, it, yeah, it, it takes like it randomly. So you just got to keep on going back and forth through rows, back and forth through rows, and the season kind of goes for about three months. And by the end, and we put like about 15, to 20 stems in a bunch and we strip them and by the end of it me and my sister who helps me bunch it we just are done yeah like done yeah we look at each other and like oh my god is there any more of this to go done you know <laughs> hey so is it you and
0: joe and then your sister and do you have anyone else no else really on the
1: farm? We really, uh, most years we might get, you know, backpacker or uh, someone who needs a bit of work. I think my brother-in-law helped us one year when he didn't have a job, just for a couple mm. of weeks over trimming time. Yeah. Um, and my sister is here. Help, she helps in the shed with bunching about 15 to 20 hours a week. Um, yeah. Yeah. Depending on what we got going on, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less. We just fit in with each other's lives. Yeah, uh, that's kind of evolved further through COVID. When she lost, she's a florist, so when she lost a job, yeah, we sort of gave her some hours and. Um, It's all been really helpful for us because our dad's been sick for a number of years and we've been able to, like, sort of have each other's back a bit. If I was helping dad, she could help here. If she was helping dad, at least I could cover her here and so on. So, yeah. um, ideally, I think we would really like to have someone full-time. I I have to be honest and say I'd love to have someone take over um, the selling side a bit
0: because
1: mm. I think I've been doing it for a long time and everyone's sick of me. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I think it would be nice to have someone else selling them their stuff for a while, you know, changing yeah, yeah. a bit of a holiday, back. you know. Yeah. Um, because market life is, it's difficult, you know, it's yeah. not an easy lifestyle. Yeah. And after this many years, it would be kind of nice to have a little step back from that. But having saying that market is you know, two of my favourite times of the week because I get to see everyone that I love and I have a good morning and I'm very grateful because we actually like all of our customers, you know. like yeah. It's really easy on a day where it's wet or it's this or you feel flat or whatever. I don't ever not do anything because I really want to put stuff on my truck to take to market for my customers because I really like them and yeah. I really want their business to be good and the last thing I would want to do is let them down for a day. So yeah, it's kind of an ongoing motivation really. When you like the people that you're dealing with, it's really easy to keep doing it.
0: Yeah. And tell me about like market. So... Mm. Does, I won't are you, you working all day?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no no. He He's not <laughs> a fan. <laughs> yeah. oh, and by the way, Mick, if you listen, notice how I've refrained from swearing the entire time so far. <laughs> I've got a big notepad in front of me, don't. <laughs> swear! <laughs> I'm just joking. As you know, Beck, I do swear normally, so I'm doing. Yeah, I am you're doing very well. Yeah. <laughs> uh yes, market. What
0: would you like to know? <laughs> um, I want to know to start off with: Are you working all you know, like on the farm all day? Do you have to go to bed super early? Then you're up. Do you go back to bed when you get home from market? Because I know what it was like just as a florist going to market how exhausted and sort of a bit jet-lagged <laughs> you feel um, afterwards yeah. and everyone knows I'm lazy and I don't go to market anymore. Oh, um, you're not
1: lazy. <laughs> but, yeah, is it hard or are you just used to that now? Uh, yeah, definitely used to it. So when I was a florist, when I had a florist, I used to go to market too. Yeah. So I understand the whole difficulty of, going to market to buy flowers and being in your shop all day long Mm. um the way i would describe it yes we work all day so we get home from market and we have breakfast like a normal person and Mm. then start our day shift is what we call it Mm. um it's really different to what a florist experiences because i'm not serving people all day i'm not uh interacting with you know, emotions and people's sympathy and all Mm. of those kind of things, Um, I've got a real change of scenery. I go to market and I interact, but then I'm in a party all day not interacting, you know. So it's two totally different things. Um, Joe and I, everyone knows that Joe and I are the last to get to market and the first to leave there. (laughs) (laughs) So we push it to the limit um we get there really late and leave super early so that we can work all day yeah we just get by with three we find that we can just get by with the three hour sleep before market but we're really Mm. tired that next night yeah um and we've chopped out saturday market in the last two years so we only go twice a week now Yeah. But our business is a lot smaller than what it used to be. We used to have to go three days a week. We used to sell decent 5,000 bunches of product a week and now we probably only sell about two and a half thousand, maybe 3,000 bunches of product a week. Yeah. Uh, so that takes, that, that's a lot less taxing on you when you, like that's sort of halved our selling. Like every bucket that you sell, you've got to pick up Load it, unload it, this, that. So our workload is bigger with a farm, but it's less in the wholesale side of it these days. Like we've yeah. got from like maybe thirty suppliers and we're down to I'm um, gonna say maybe eight or ten now. Yeah. So our life's different. But anyone who does market knows it's it's no you've got to be disciplined, you know, you've gotta you gotta make sure you get your rest at certain times and You are tired all the time. Yeah. You are. There's no ifs or buts about it. You're always tired. Yeah. I, I think that to say that you're not would be a lie, and your life misses out on a lot of things to be a market person. Yeah. But I always say that I have a lot of things in my life because I'm a market person too. So, yeah. Joe, he's. All of this story is my version. His version would be very different to mine. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It, it is definitely a different lifestyle. Yeah. It is def- definitely. Yeah.
0: And what would you say to someone wanting to get their product to a wholesaler or into the market?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I when I listen to your podcasts, um, it's. Like it, it's a to understand a wholesaler's side, you know. So, as a wholesaler, say, like that's that part I touched on before mm. you buy a hundred of something and 30 of it's not quite right. Yeah. And you don't sell it or you can't sell it or you have to give a credit. It's okay for the farm because they've gotten their whole hundred out the door for the day. Mm. Then you've got it in your door you take it to market, you can't sell it, you bring it back and there's your profit gone kind yeah. of thing. Or even if the farm says, oh, yeah, don't worry, I'll give you a credit. Well, it's kind of, well, I just wanted the 100 because I could have sold the 100. Mm. I could have kept all my customers happy and yeah. I could have made the money. So there's so many variables in a fresh product that you, you just have to have the right combination of everyone working to the same goal for it to all work and it not break down and not have one link in the chain miss out all the time. Yeah. Um, So I I think it's Joe as much as me but, again, I will say that this is me talking and his version may be slightly different. Mm. I am a frustrating person for farms to deal with because I work more for the florist. Yeah. Than the farm. But it's not to say that I won't do everything I can for the farmer. Yeah. But I've been a florist. I know how hard it is. I know how much money you do don't make. I know how many hours it is. So they're like I've much admiration for them for A having one. Yeah. <laughs> B being one. Yeah. <laughs> um and so I I want I don't want them to get a bucket of flowers and not be able to use even 10% of it I want them to be able to use every single bit now of course I try really hard to balance that out that you know a farmer's got the flip side to that Mm. and they need to get all of their crop off and they need to get return for their work so it's a balance but I Like I said, probably there's a number of farmers out there if they listen to your podcast and know me, they know that I'm a pain in the ass to deal with because (laughs) I am on the florist, more on the florist side of the equation than the farmers. And I'm like that with my own stuff, our our junk pile. My sister says it to me a bit, that's all right. Why aren't you putting that in? I'm like, nah. Yeah. So I don't know. That's just. Do you think you would.
0: Do you think you were the same when you were just a wholesaler or do you think now having the perspective of, okay, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's why I think a lot of people were pretty happy to not keep selling to us because I was too fussy (laughs) and probably thought, oh, yeah, go grow your own stuff and see how easy it is. (laughs) (laughs) You don't sell imports, do you? Do you no, have imports? no, okay. no. So all of our yeah. product comes from locally around here. Mm. We do have three suppliers interstate. Yeah. But our, our business doesn't and it's not, um, I've probably, I, I mean, I, I definitely am against what imports were going back a few years ago. Yeah. But how imports are now, I don't have any issue with it. Yeah. not a massive, they're not taking over our industry.
0: They're yeah. not.
1: Swamping, uh, I shouldn't say that because there is a lot of them in the market. They're not swamping the market like they used to though. Um, But they definitely don't match our business because our business is like one thing that Joe and I love about it is seasonal and how things just start and stop. Like we totally love that. By the time you've sort of had enough of looking at Blossom, it's time for something else to start, you know. So imports would ruin that. Uh, flavor of our business if we were to do that yeah Yeah. and I probably don't I I probably don't think that we need to like I don't know so I guess that's why we've never done it yeah never even been a consideration I don't think
0: yeah
1: we're too small for that we leave that to all the big guys yeah 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 um
0: I think seasonal is such a great thing though (laughs) because I think that's one thing that's kind of crept into the industry, which isn't, which is the imported, which is all the dried and preserved flowers. And mm. <laughs> if you know, like, if there's anything, oh, what am I trying to say? Is like just knowing that things are seasonally grown and that those dried flowers are not a natural product.
1: <laughs> well, you yeah. Mm. Oh, look, it's it's a. Uh, it's a totally it's a subject that I'm probably not someone to talk to because I passionately the preserved here, sorry. I don't I have no issue with naturally dried flowers whatsoever. Yeah. But the preserved flowers, the chemically preserved flowers that we have in our industry and have had rock solid for the last what, eighteen months? Yeah. I don't know what's going on in our heads as an industry that that's what we want to be part of our industry. I just yeah. don't get it. I don't, no one has been able to convince me. I've had a few conversations. Why do we want people to have that in their house or their office instead of beautiful, fresh flowers? Why? Mm. Yeah. And I get everyone tells me it's a monetary thing. Well, that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. They're it's pretty expensive. <laughs> and they're not going to put something else there next week and put it in the cupboard yeah. and bring that out once the fresh one. I, I just, and they smell and, I don't know, it's, to me it's just not what our industry is here. Mm. And it's yeah. what we became last year all of a sudden. And, but anyway, like I said, probably I'm not someone to talk about because I'm extremely one-minded <laughs> on it, like black and white and yeah, can convince me otherwise. So I yeah. really like to always consider the other side of the story. But I can't on that topic. I just can't. It just, in the market, it makes me cry when I walk in there and I see so many of them. Yeah. I just don't like it.
0: Yeah. I just think it's, (laughs) no, and that's good. I just think people aren't realising that, you know, everyone's banging on about imports, but they're not really talking about the preserved flowers, which are also imported and are taking up a huge amount of the industry now. So, yeah you know anyway and it's
1: taking, it, it takes money out of out of it takes flower money out of people's budgets mm. like you know I, I, it's just too easy for people to not go back to putting a fresh arrangement there for six months until yeah. they're sick of looking at that one you know yeah and then the mixing of them with fresh flowers is like probably the pit. <laughs> be kids yeah and i'm really sorry to anyone out there that i'm offending by these comments it's not it's a personal okay. thing it's yeah. a personal like dislike yeah. of mine strong, yeah. one. strong one strong one
0: fair enough and what do you love about the industry
1: what do i love about it um i think i love that if you want to work hard you can be in our industry. Mm. If you don't want to work hard, you're not going to make it very far in our industry. So yeah. literally I feel like everyone that I know or come across in our industry is a hard worker mm. and I love hard workers. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's just a really good quality to have in life because it means you appreciate what it takes to get something. And mm. so you tend to be someone who doesn't take things for granted then if you're a hard worker. And that is what our industry is full of. Yeah. Hard workers.
0: Yeah. That's my
1: favourite thing about it. Yeah, awesome.
0: And is there anything that you would like to change in the industry if you could?
1: Previous topic? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, look, you know, last week I loved that Mick said our marketplace needs some changing um and it certainly does i probably don't feel the same like exactly the same things need changing as what he suggested but mm. definitely our market needs to stay strong um yeah. for it to work like i understand there's a lot of wholesale places out there warehouses whatever we call them and that's great and i think it's great that people shop at them mm. um and so this is – I'm not saying this for personal interest because Joe and I actually don't want any new customers. You know, we're at capacity. Um, yeah. But I, th- I feel like our market has the risk of um, unravelling itself which with the way it's been rolling out for the last, I don't know, four or five years in there. Mm. And I think it's just a really important place for us to hang on to – four things to like just for pricing, for turnover, for visual um, and for florists to still shop for their flowers. I think it's just really important for them to get out and still shop for their flowers. Um, yeah. It's such a strong culture in Sydney, the market, and I just really would really hope that it stays a really strong culture in Melbourne, mm. you know, Um, Our business is totally market sales for that very reason, you know, that we just think that the market is just extremely important. Deliveries and warehouses are just not the same as the market. Yeah. And saying that, I haven't really walked into a warehouse for a long time, but, and it's not to say that they're not important because I'm not saying that, you know, I know that they are and I know that they sell a lot of flowers for all the farmers, but. I just think the market needs to be kept alive and strong and pumping and there's, I won't get into all the things about it, but there's a lot of things that need to change about it for that to Mm. happen ongoing. It needs to pull its socks up. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a change thing for me apart from preserves.
0: Yeah. But with, so with the market, how, say if there's like smaller growers out there wanting to maybe get their product into the market yeah what would you say to them because I think it would be great to have some of these smaller ones come in and sell what they've got because maybe that would be something a bit fresh in the market you know something that kind of does bring in you know people who are out there and have got excess how do you think that they would
1: go about getting in um, okay, so I mean I think it's a pretty welcoming environment. I mm. may be wrong with that but it's obviously a very, it's not, it's not an easy thing. Like it's not like a farmer's market. I mean you're dealing with rock solid business people who are there to buy and sell and make money. So mm. you, you don't have and you've got a product that you can't afford to miss the beat and miss, you, you can't get it wrong for a day because then you're going to take yeah. all your flowers home. Yeah. So I think that it's a hard thing. You can't, you can't in there as you go along the way. But if you haven't experienced it, I think it would be high risk to be going in there to sell a seasonal product. Yeah. Um, it would be a great experience. But then at the other end of the day, you've got to wake up and you've still got to get all your farm work done. And yeah. And been up for half the night. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, all your all your farmers that listen that have varying ways of selling their product, mm. um, I bet that's tough too. Like, yeah. I can only imagine how tough that is. We have people that want to come here and pick up. Mm. And I stay so strong to saying no because yeah. we've tried it and it just complicates your week so much. So, yeah, for a lot of the farmers that you've spoken to, I think the varying ways, unless you're going to be committed to a market life, I think the varying ways are probably better or otherwise otherwise a really great wholesaler that sells your flowers for you. Yeah. And there's a, there is a lot of good wholesalers, you know, there's a lot of people that sell flowers well. Yeah. And then you can farm them well because someone's selling them well for you. Yeah. And Say if somebody wanted to
0: approach you, you're probably not buying at the moment off people, but say they wanted to approach a wholesaler, mm-hmm. do they just call them up and say, hey, I've got a whole heap of dahlias, will you buy them? Is that what happens?
1: Well, yeah, I guess. That's how, <laughs> okay. we've, had a, that's how we've landed a few of the people that we buy off. They've just yeah. like, I've got this and, you know, I'm looking for someone to take it. Yeah, cool. And then you talk it through and you come up with what they want and what you need and if it works. Um, I mean, like, because we're so small, I guess we just have that one-on-one contact with everyone that we buy and sell for. Yeah. Because we're just, like, really small. But I guess with the bigger wholesalers, there's a lot of different staff. So there's probably a a person who has the buying role. Yeah. You know, that's their job. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't know if you don't ask. So I guess when someone comes up to me in market, right, a new customer comes up and I'll sort of know I haven't seen their face, so I'll say, oh, you know, hi, who are you kind of thing. Uh, in market, you know, they'll say I'm in market for the first or second time and I would say this, this is the same thing for a farmer, that I say to someone, walk around the market, you know, walk onto someone's stand, ask them a price. You'll soon know someone that you want to deal with. Mm. You know, you're like, it's a personable industry. You just know someone straight away by the karma or the immediate thing that you feel with someone. Yeah, I like this person. I might keep walking back on here, you know. Yeah. And so it's the same if you're selling your flowers. I feel the same if, you know, with people who I sell for, like I just, if someone comes in here and it's a happy experience, like of course I'm happier to sell their stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I look forward to seeing them again the next time, you know, yeah. and getting their stuff and selling it again. So, yeah, I mean, we're all in, the, in, in an industry that has personal contact. We, as much as we might do stuff by email and text, we still have personal contact in our industry. Yeah. Liking the people you deal with is massively important. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That's totally. why somewhat, we have a lot of people that don't like dealing with us, and I always just go, there's the door. We yeah, don't want the way we do it, there's no point us continuing anymore because yes. it's not going to be good for you and it's not going to be good for us. Yeah, you know, we do it how we do it, and if you don't really like it, then you're probably better off finding someone to deal with that you do like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. It's the just,
0: same for me. I think when <laughs> I buy from a farmer or from somebody, you know, if I have a nice experience with that person, and I always feel like I'm getting, you know, an amazing product. And I don't know. You just be kind, be nice and ask good questions and you'll find out who your people are, I think.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah. I, think so. I think so. Well, I don't know. I'm someone that know, just knows with people. You get it wrong sometimes but I think you just know. And plus I just, I don't know, it just should be a good feeling when you walk away from someone and you're doing a transaction, shouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. Like whether it yeah. be, you know, a giving transaction or a money one or whatever, it just should be a good feeling. If it's not yeah. a good feeling, well, then what do you actually even Yeah, get out of there. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so do you have a favourite moment of being on the farm?
1: A favourite moment? Yeah, Ooh,
0: since you've, heck, that's since you've moved time. there in 2014.
1: Is there something mm, that stands out? favourite moment? Oh, Holy God! <laughs> Sorry, no hey, throwing throw it there. <laughs> I would definitely have to. Um, uh there's too. There's just too many there. There's, yeah. too, there's too many favorite moments. Um, I think I'm probably going to have to say that every single year, even though this year it's not going to happen, but I think every single year, it's silly thing when the baby ducks are born. That's like my when I wake up in the morning and they're there from yesterday, they weren't yeah. there, that is, like, literally my, okay, I'm living in the right place kind of moment.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's um, so sad what's happened to them oh, this year. Oh, no. mm. oh well. Yeah. Damn pork. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mother Nature. Yeah, exactly. It gives and it takes and it gives yeah. and it takes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my best and worst moment maybe, huh? <laughs> yeah, Uh, no i actually (laughs) saw a new mum and dad today so who knows maybe we might have a new family move in before we know it
0: yeah good and if you had to leave really quickly what three things would you take with you
1: three plants okay so i've had a lot of time to think about this because i've been (laughs) listening to your podcast for a really long time uh my rainfall charts Okay. rainfall yep. and temperature charts so every single day i put the rainfall and the temperature and whether it was humid windy um whatever there's a little note yeah. and they're all in the kitchen and i've got however many years though so i would take those yeah i would, I would drive my golf buggy because i would die without my golf buggy <laughs> i love your golf buggy too <laughs> Um, and then I have to take a nine-bark plant.
0: Yeah, cool. So that's
1: simple for me.
0: Yeah. Easy peasy. And who has inspired you the most over your
1: career? Um, well, I think that it's just easy for me as in that my customers and my inspo daily mm. really. So it's pretty easy. Like yeah. as in since we've had a had a wholesale business, like since I've gotten to know them, it's them. I want them to have good stuff in their order pile to put on their truck to yeah. go home to have a really good day in their shop. So yeah. definitely them. Um, when we first moved here, probably um, planting things for, a little bit more events kind of things because I didn't think there was enough kicking around for some of those events florists at certain times of the year. So that was probably a bit of inspo as far as when we moved to the farm. Yeah, But, yeah, definitely just all my customers. No one, well, you know, I'm a fan of a few people and everyone knows who I'm massive fans of. But um, in general, like I said before, I like all of our customers. So yeah. they are all just as important to us. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And do you have a favourite tool? A favourite tool? Yeah. Okay, so my favourite tool would be the one that has brought me the most peace of mind since we have lived here and it is a little gun that I use to clip the rabbit fencing all the time. Oh, yeah. that's so a fencing gun. And I've used it a lot of times, back, and it keeps the rabbits out. Yeah, good. Because when we moved here, we had like five million rabbits mm. and they would eat everything. You'd plant and yeah. you'd go out two days later. It was gone. Such a pest. Yeah. Yeah, so we have, well, I sort of decided to go to war on them. Joe thought I was crazy and so did everyone else. But, um, yeah, that's probably my favourite tool because it's brought me the most amount of success. Because it yeah. keeps the rabbits out. Yeah, good. A bit yeah. different to everyone else with their fancy little knives and all those. <laughs> <kind
0: of things>. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything I haven't asked you that you wanted to share about your farm?
1: Oh no, I think um, I've probably. I don't. I don't think so. I think. Um... Look, I'm just really lucky that I live in such a beautiful place. Um, I'm sure that is one thing that Joe Joe and I 100% agree on, that we live in a really beautiful place. Mm. Um, We have lots of amazing places to sit and have beer in the afternoon. We have heaps of birds. Uh, No, actually, Joe and I don't agree on that. He doesn't like all the birds because (laughs) they eat all the things, but I like all the birds. So it's probably what I would share about my farm is that I'm lucky. I live in a really good place. Yeah. And you're surrounded by heaps of other farms too. So yep. it's
0: like quite a farming area.
1: Yeah, that's it. We've got a berry farm beside us. Um, yeah. They, they grow all lots of uh, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. And then on the other side, there's um, grapes. They, yeah. they don't live on that farm, but they grow their vines there. And we've got Sir Paz Winery not far then we've got Michael Sirachi he grows flowers he's yeah. not far from us nature's soil who lots of people get their potting mixes from mm. so yeah very farmy very yeah farmy. yeah
0: yeah and let's have a quick chat about the industry day so yes. we're excited we're excited to have it hopefully soon and what can people expect when they come You know, like
1: we're going to walk them out the farm, we're going to walk through. (laughs) Okay, so we kind of need it to happen soon because the longer that it is away, the more things that I keep on adding into what we're going to do. I don't even think (laughs) I've told you half of the things. (laughs) Um, But it's definitely, well, in my eyes, I mean, it is your day, we're just the host, but it's definitely not so much about our farm it's more about just everyone getting together chit-chatting asking questions, meeting each other face to face um just swapping ideas swapping this that just basically just social day is what I have yeah I would agree with that I'm having I know that I'm in control of the food so (laughs) for an Italian you know so I'll flip that to Joe a little bit but We'll just have yummy food, lots of good drinks. We've got heaps of prizes. We'll do door prizes. I don't know how we'll do it. You and me will have to talk about that. Yeah, Um, we will. But, yeah, we'll definitely go for a stroll around. Joe's got a really nice deck up on the hill that he built himself, so we'll sit up there and have a good stare into space, I guess. Yeah. Because it's a nice view of the valley. Um, Yeah, it's beautiful up there. But, yeah, it'll just be a really good time to just... Um, I don't know. I talk to so many people on Instagram that I really want to meet them. Yeah. Um, that's one thing. I think after COVID.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think after COVID too, it's just going to be such a nice day for everyone to be able to connect again. You know, and like actually be in person with other people and have that energy and also to be in a really beautiful place and maybe just a refresh because we've kind of been all shut away from each other for such a long time that, you know, you can start to feel a bit like unmotivated. So I think that this will just be such a nice refresh. Everyone can kind of regroup. Have a chat about the industry, yeah.
1: Like you um, said, yeah, um, where things are going to head. Yeah. And I know that you've got some things planned for it as well. So, yeah. what do you? What are you excited about? I'm excited for florists to
0: come out and meet some flower farmers. I'm excited for some florists that I know who are coming to see what a working farmer's like. Also. I've got a few guest speakers coming who are going to talk about sustainability and all sorts of other things. So like I said, I'm just excited for everyone to get together and to share what we have because we've got such a wonderful industry and so many hardworking people in it that yeah, I'm just excited for everyone to get together and for us to make it an awesome day.
1: Yes. And the first of many of your tours? Yes, exactly. So So that brings me to a little bit of a junction then. Yeah. Like I would really like to just say like let's get into it with you. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay, so I've decided to break this podcast up into two pieces. So now the piece that you're going to hear is Meg asking questions about me. And... I have been asked for a long time to do something like this, to have a few questions asked about myself and why I started Dish the Dirt. And honestly, most of the time I haven't wanted to do it because this podcast isn't about me. its I've never wanted the focus to be about me. I don't want this to be, yeah, the Rebecca podcast about flower farmers. It is about flower farmers and their journeys and their stories and I want to hear the stories behind the flowers. So for me this has been quite hard to put myself out there but anyway it's I think it was nice and I thank Meg for interviewing me and getting a few of the answers out there. Again I just want to reiterate that this podcast is about Australian flower farmers, their stories knowledge and insights into the industry and it always will be so thank you all for being part of it and thank you to everyone that listens every single week so let's get into a bit about myself Uh (laughs) what do you want to know oh
1: wow! you know I might start swearing now (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, then that would mean mix your inspo, is it? So, well, I just think it would be really good for everyone to know a little bit about you, seeing as you've been so good in telling everyone about everyone else, you know. Mm. Um, let's start with that. That's a good place to start. What, what, okay, so two question thing, I guess. What is your inspo, but also what was your inspo? Like, really, where did Dish the Dirt come from for you?
0: Dish the Dirt came from having – I had a pretty busy forestry business and I had lots of freelancers coming in who owned their own small businesses and they would come in and look at the buckets of flowers that I had and they would say, oh, where did you buy that from? You know, where are you getting that from? And I was just really shocked when I would say, oh, well, that farm down the road, you know, half an hour away. And they just had no idea really about where their flowers were coming from. And yeah. a lot of them just didn't really, I felt, take the time to um, – and maybe they you know, like everyone's taught in a different way. So, again, it's not a criticism, but it's just um, – Yeah, they would just go to the same place, buy the same things and not really ask too many questions. And I was buying from farmers who I really admire and I admire their hard work and determination to kind of make it into the industry. And I just wanted to showcase yeah, the amazing farmers that we have around Australia. So yeah. I thought, how would I do that? I sort of thought, oh, I'll do a book. And then I realized that I had to actually have an audience to like make a book. <laughs> so yeah. I thought, well, I'll just start dish the dirt. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't have any idea what I'm doing. But, you know, I just started asking a few people if they'd come on the podcast and mm-hmm. chat about their farms. And, yeah, I think I just wanted people
1: to see that there are people behind the flowers, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. And produce. Like, obviously you've done it. Well, for mine, it's been awesome. Other people's stories have uh, actually just made me feel so much better about where I come from as a farmer. Mm. You know, like there's a lot of stories there where people have done it because it's a passion and not necessarily because they're educated on it or they've made mistakes and there's so many things. So, I, you know, from me, as you know, massive fan of yours, I think it's fabulous that, you know, the platform has been given to connect people or just to entertain us as well. Like I love people's stories. So I thank you. So that's your dish, the dirt inspo. What's Who is your
0: inspo? um people are my inspiration I love people and I um you know I love having a chat to people and every time I get on to dish the dirt I don't feel like I'm it's not like a job or hard work for me like I I just love sitting down and spending time with people and talking so you know I've like people are my inspiration flowers for me have always been about sharing with people so Mm -hmm. Yeah, people. I love them. and Yeah. And, you know, my family too, like I always want to make something for my kids and leave something behind, you know, and I want them to see that because I've got two daughters, I want them to see that, you know, it is hard work and determination that gets you somewhere. So Mm -hmm. I think by them seeing me working in my own business, I just want to be a good role model.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that you are lady that you are (laughs) so how what sort of effect or what sort of change has a podcast brought to you um on the whole like I guess as a florist but also like what has it brought to your life and changed for you uh
0: what has it changed for me? That uh, I spend evenings talking and talking and <laughs>
1: editing. Um, <laughs> Yibby you know,
0: I, You know, it's brought a lot more farmers into my life, people that I probably wouldn't have come across. So that's mm-hmm. been really awesome. Um, I love that. I feel like it's perhaps changed. Well, I get messages from people saying I never thought to – ask where my flowers were coming from and now I will. So that's been one massive positive change. And I think going back, I always just wanted it to change one person's mind about asking their florist where their flowers were coming from. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I get people, I had a guy from Ireland this morning message me and say, Hey, I listen to your podcast when I'm awesome. driving and it's really, I've been depressed and I've always loved gardening and now I think I might give, you know, like I've got a big piece of land and I'm going to start putting Pretty in some cool. flowers. So, you know, Pretty stuff cool. like that has been yeah. awesome and uh, I guess in my business look, I guess with COVID my business has been so much quieter so it's been mm. nice to have another focus. Yeah. Um that's been a positive thing. Um, yeah, and I feel like the chats with farmers and the chats about where flowers are coming from, I always want this to be a positive a positive platform. I don't ever mean it to be, you know, I don't ever want it to turn into oh uh, I don't know how to say it, but I don't even want it to be a negative conversation. I always think that it's just nice to hear the stories and I'll always interview anyone who comes on my doorstep, you know, I think yeah. Yeah. everyone's voices are important. And yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. I've loved about it. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Yes, I think. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> sorry. Okay. Next question. What. Like so, having said all that, and how your podcast is like uh, moving along at—I don't know how many episodes now—but like just cruising. Yeah. uh, What's the plan for the future?
0: Oh my goodness! Um, (laughs) I I want to do more farm tours. I'd love to connect people on the ground, so not just through this platform. I'd love to. All around Australia I'd love to hold farm tours not just in Victoria but you know move from state to state and really get people out and seeing different farms and be it from like tiny little ones to great big ones Um, that's you know my future future goal is to have that and then uh, I just want the podcast to keep ticking along and keep telling these stories and you know, I enjoy it so much that I don't ever want it to stop. So, yeah. 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 So, same thing, times, lots of years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like we're only just scratching the surface with the amount of people that are out there. And maybe in a few years' time, I'd love to jump the ditch and chat to some flower farmers in New Zealand. Yeah. Because that's where I'm from. So, I have thought about that maybe. In a couple of years time doing one over there um but yeah so do you find it
1: do you find it easier talking to someone who like you've been to their farm so when they're talking to you do you find it easier when you're like because you've got a visual attached to it
0: yeah well sometimes I find it harder because I already know the answers so Uh, (laughs) um, I have to be really careful to actually ask the right questions or to think oh you know other people don't know that so you should ask um especially at the start when I was interviewing people who I know really well because they were the only ones I could get to do it um (laughs) so (laughs) I you know I was pretty rusty back then and I had to yeah make sure that I was asking the right questions because I sort of knew where they'd started and knew what they planted and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Mm. yeah
1: uh, this is a two-part question like because you obviously <laughs> I love a two-part so, question <laughs> where you've talked to so many people so what is your favorite flower and but the second part is it is it still the same favorite flower that you have always had or has this podcast changed how much you love a flower Oh, I don't know sense but once you you know like once you learn what goes into the behind the scenes as a flower has it made you love it more or has it made you change to another one I guess is what I was trying to ask um
0: no like I still love the same flowers I think I have a even more a deeper respect for where they come from and just how much work goes into them you know right from before they're even planted in the ground like all the soil prep and everything so yeah on that regard I think you know I love flowers even more but my favorite flower I don't know I don't really have one I they change you know it changes every season <laughs> I just love spring so much though I have decided that I think spring is my favorite season for flowers and I you know, I love a dahlia. I do love a dahlia, but I just spring has so many flowers in it that you know, from week to week, they're changing. We get the blossom, and then there's a different blossom, and then snowballs, and then oh, that's
1: it. We're uh, about to hit October. And... October is just like next level in Victoria. Yeah, yeah, like it is the month. Yeah, it um, just goes off, doesn't it? How can you have yeah, a favorite yeah. every day? Yeah. It has to change. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, can't, can't yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so I think I've learnt more though I think you know I'm even for me because I'm not a trained florist I it's been a learning curve along the way for me I've learnt more about seasonality than I yeah, knew okay.
1: before yeah. yeah so when you say you're not a trained florist are you self-taught yeah okay and how did that come about um
0: Oh, look, I've done a few courses along the way, but how's it come about? I was in events and working for a company and I dabbled a bit in flowers before this happened, but, um, they had like a little flower package that they would do with their weddings and they said to me, can you start taking over that and you do the flowers? And I was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. And then they were, yeah, it was like $200, $300 packages. It was like one jar of flowers on the table or something. And yeah. then I started selling like five to $10,000 packages. Okay. And they were like, oh, well, now we've got a forestry department because <laughs> you're saying that you can do all these installations. I'm like, yeah, sure, I can do that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then from that I then – just started my own business and they were they're so awesome that they let me take all their clients with me so yeah right. yeah. Okay. yeah Yeah, um wow. and that's where it began yeah 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 and how long have
1: you been doing it for Oh uh, so we eight years now okay yeah and so yeah so I imagine that would have been a difficult thing like the seasons of flowers and stuff Yeah, I had no idea. And
0: I think also that was one reason why I branched out to maybe smaller growers is because I went to market and I found it so overwhelming and I actually wanted all of the really cool stuff that, you know, all the um bigger florists were getting and I was like how are they getting that stuff like yeah I just right want it. Okay. but obviously they've put in you don't know this is like a freshie going in but they've put in the years they've put in the hard yards they've been there talking to the suppliers to the wholesalers to the growers for years you know like yeah and yeah. um but yeah I didn't know that so I just you know, I'm greedy and I was like, I want it now. I don't know. so no, I'm not doing the hard yards yeah. yet now. So I went out and found smaller growers. But yeah. you know, from that I've learned that it's always hard work because I have to travel around all different yeah. places. So no matter which way
1: you do it, you've got to put in the hard yards. Yeah. And yeah. it's a little bit like, you know, you can eat buffet with small growers now, too big Like hmm. That's one thing that your podcast has taught me, that there's so many small ones to find now, whereas, you know, maybe, maybe half a dozen years ago there wasn't as many yeah. as there are to find. So you can do it the way that you're saying a lot more so now.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah totally. Okay. So I've got to ask the big hard question. <laughs> you know what I'm going to ask you. What are the three things? They can't be humans and they can't be pets. Oh, that I
0: would take from my studio.
1: That you would grab.
0: Um, I'm so not materialistic. So I probably like, there's nothing of (laughs) mine that I really care that much about. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, oh, you know what? I've got this table that I love, and it's just an old secondhand table. I actually got it from. Uh, when I was working in this restaurant this guy was renting the space up above and he couldn't be bothered getting rid of this amazing table that he had in there and so he said oh give me 50 bucks if you can be bothered taking it apart and getting it down the stairs and I was like yeah I'm totally <laughs> doing that so I have dragged that table now everywhere and my okay. husband actually hates it yeah but, um, <laughs> Yeah, it's now in my studio. So I would take that and look. I'd take a pair of snips because then I could just cut whatever I wanted from the side of the road. And I would take my floral mechanics book because I love that.
1: Yeah, right. Oh, it's yeah. an awesome book, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good book. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. done a great job. So I'd take those. Oh, that. Yeah, that passes. That's not yeah good. Materialistic. <laughs> <laughs> I've got hugs you know yeah good answer see so, so when you <laughs> ask everyone that question now you can understand it's not really an easy thing to answer in a lot of ways no it's not no. yeah no. okay so then my next thing which is probably just a little bit of a towel thing your fabulous displays that you do at the front of your shop so we call them your COVID displays but I don't really like to say that mm. because they've got nothing to do with COVID your displays out the front of your shop uh give us all a little bit of a background on how that started in your mind how why when whatever um I feel like it was well for
0: one it's like a massive creative outlet for me like I just I'm like I've got the space why not just do something with it and it first started off when I got some snowball from you actually and I felt like it was such an amazing gift to be given that I just couldn't keep it for myself and that's normally how I feel about a lot of the installations that I do it's not it's maybe because I've seen something and I just want to share it Um, yeah I don't ever feel like I should hang on to everything for me. So I'll have flowers left over or I found like a fallen down wattle tree or, you know, I've been gifted something. So I just want to turn it into something
1: beautiful for other people. And that you do, if anyone out there hasn't seen any of Bec's display, she does an awesome display out in the front of her shop for everyone to interactively look at, I guess we would say, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I say to people,
0: take it, you know, um, come and grab a bunch or sometimes I make it so that people can sit amongst it or... There was one that I filled up like hundreds of jars of daffodils and I just got people to come and take a jar of daffodils. I don't know. It just always changes. So, oh, always yeah. has a
1: lovely little message attached to it as well for everyone. Yeah. I think that's what is really nice. It's like a I can I can imagine that people are like, what's she going to do next? Or <laughs> well, they're like, why is she doing this? <laughs> Wow. give it off the footpath lady <laughs> I felt a bit bad about some couple of the times I give it to you and I'm like oh my god she has to get rid of all that stuff now too nice. Nice. It's, it's totally fine <laughs> <laughs> the Yarra City Council is doing a good job <laughs> yay go yeah. to. and so how do you come up with your inspos for that like is it Just something that comes to you really quickly or is it something that you plan for a week or so beforehand? Oh, no,
0: I'm always very, I guess, pretty spontaneous. Mm -hmm. Um, I never really know how anything is going to turn out. I just start making something and normally I've got about an hour before James comes down. like, what are you doing? Why you taking so long?
1: <laughs> so I normally have to do things pretty quickly. But um, so he keeps you real, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: and then I'm like, can you come and take photos? Like I actually made the last one on father's day. <laughs> so <laughs> I took up like half of his father's day um, making the install, which <laughs> sure he was pretty happy about, but no, I, Like some of them might have something in my mind that I want to create differently. I always know that there's a reason why I'm doing it, but Mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how it's going to look
1: in the end. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it evolves. Yeah, exactly. So is there anything that we have? No, actually, I know. I need to um, ask you about what music you listen to. I noticed, I noticed that's fallen out of your questioning a bit. No, I know. Um <laughs> Well, I I listen
0: to all different stuff. So some days I could, I don't know, be dancing to like some pop. I love being with my daughter Harriet in the studio because we both listen to just like girly trash really and <laughs> we dance and we don't even care that we've got the music turned right up and people are staring at us we just have a lot of fun so that's always good and yeah so it just changes um I listen to a podcast actually called table manners which I love a lot in the shop and yeah anything that gets makes me happy I'll listen to so yeah so yeah
1: Say so happy if you like. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And tell me a little bit about the place where you live. Um, you're in a beautiful, one of the most beautiful towns in Victoria, I reckon. Anyway, that's oh, yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. So, how long
0: have you lived there for? Uh, we moved out here two years ago from Melbourne, from Northgate, and. My husband's parents live out this way, so we did initially move out because I wanted to keep working when we had our second child, and I just thought, oh, being closer to family um, might help with that, because Mm -hmm. I could get her looked after a little bit more, but then um yeah we've really been locked down ever since then so (laughs) (laughs) that didn't work out and and no but it's been really good I grew up on a high country sheep station in New Zealand so I always knew that I wanted to move out to the country and Hillsville has such a beautiful community the school has been awesome for my daughter and look we have just met the best people out here and we love it yeah it
1: is beautiful little town it's gorgeous i love it yeah it's got a yeah. nice feel when you drive into it
0: yeah yeah it's been really good and i think things are you know even though we've gone through a hard time like it seems like the town is really bouncing back and everyone's been really supportive of each other so that's been cool and things have popped up like Jadenong's nong's uh, weekend locals market which is pretty cool. On a Saturday, um, they have like heaps of locals that supply them with stuff and they open their doors and have a big outdoor market. So, yeah, stuff like that's happened over these past two years. It's
1: been yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, lots of things are different to what they were two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that you'd really like to talk about? Um, no, <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> no, I just want to say thank you to all the farmers that have been brave enough to come on the podcast and chat to me because, you know, I've put off chatting about myself for long enough and I know it's not an easy thing to do to come on and to talk about your farm and mm. also about your backstory. Um, so I just want to say thank you to them and just to thank you to everyone that sent me in you know, emails or uh, little messages. I might not always get back to everyone, but I really appreciate it. And it's been so nice to hear from people all around the world, which has been surprising and pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I just hope that it kind of keeps going. And if anyone wants to be on the podcast, please send me a message. Um, I'm not scary and we will definitely record. And it's pretty easy, I think, you know.
1: Definitely. Well, mm. yeah, look, I know everyone else probably feels the same as me, that we all thank you for entertaining us, uh, hooking us up with each other. Like I've met people because of your podcast. Um, I've learnt about people because of it. So I'm sure everyone else out there feels the same do I think yeah. it's so much scary talking about yourself. It's probably the listening to yourself. So I don't know if I'll yeah. listen to myself. Does
0: anyone else listen to Neither will I. Themselves? Definitely. Now I'm going to have to edit this and listen to my voice. I'll be like, oh, no. I actually... This is one secret. I'll put the episode out and I listen to it, you know, before I put it out and I'll edit it. But then I never listen to it again because I'm so scared that everyone else has now heard it and heard my stupid voice on it like this long.
1: Yeah. well, of my
0: questions. I just can't listen to it again. Yeah. Well. Yeah.
1: Anyway. (laughs) I think probably everyone feels the same, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, like I was just worried that I, well, and actually, Listening to Mick's podcast last week is what made me go, okay, I can go on that because I was always really scared that I would swear too much, right? And then when I listened to him, I was like. No one can
0: swear as much as
1: him. It doesn't actually really matter because it doesn't sound that bad because he's just being him. Yeah, (laughs) that's cool. Totally, Yeah, yeah. you know, like I said, I've gotten through without doing it once, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. very good. Yay. Horror. Everyone who knows me knows how big a deal that is. Yeah. And everyone yeah. who doesn't know me, well, there you go. You just heard something <laughs> about me that everyone shouldn't hear. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I think that's another thing, maybe I should point out, is that I've always wanted this podcast to be lighthearted and for people just to be who they are. So,
1: yeah. well, not I think for it to, to,
0: to be that. anything serious, too yeah. serious.
1: Yeah. yeah I mean it's a balance isn't it to tell a story it's got a serious like you know what we're all doing is sort of serious so we have mm. to have that element but I think you nail it and yeah for me you know I'm a big fan and well done mm, thank you work. thanks and, yeah Am I I'm excited to have the like, industry day it? yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> ah
0: okay that's a wrap A huge thank you to Meg from Monvale Flowers for sharing your story today and also for turning the tables and interviewing me. It was such a pleasure and I thank you for all your support over the last few years. Um, You have been wonderful to Dish the Dirt and also to myself. If you would like to get in touch with Meg at Monvale, you can do so via Instagram at Monvale Flowers and you will find that on the Dish the Dirt Instagram. So we're really excited to hold the industry day, as we said, and that will be coming out soon. Um, Thank you for all listening to my story too. And like I said, I just always want this to be about the flower farmers and their stories, knowledge and insights into the industry. It's not about me and making myself known. It's just I wanted to share more about what was going on in this flower farming industry that I love so much so until next season you keep being blooming fabulous if you want to be on the podcast don't forget to email me send me a message text me call me whatever you need to do just yeah get in touch and we'll make it happen so yeah like I said until next season get out there and keep being blooming fabulous